Move by Mamma Mia is the exercise app for anybody, anywhere. And in case you missed it, we dropped a brand new stretching collection that can be used to improve mobility and bookend your favourite sweat sessions. Mamma Mia subscribers get unlimited access to Move and we drop new workouts every single week. If you're on the hunt for movement that makes you feel good, head to move.mamamia.com.au and use the code MOVE10 to get $10 off a yearly subscription. You're listening to a Mamma Mia podcast. Mamma Mia acknowledges the traditional owners of the land we have recorded this podcast on, the Gadigal people of the Eora Nation. We pay our respects to their elders, past and present, and extend that respect to all Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander cultures. All grown up now, I think I'm ready to move on Hello and welcome to The Undone, a Mamma Mia podcast for people in their 20s who are navigating the world without a GPS. Merry Christmas! It's almost Christmas. We're so excited. Whether you're celebrating Christmas or not, we want to give you a present. So we're going to be dropping a few special apps featuring our most popular segments. And today is all about advice. But first, who are you? I'm Emily. I work here at Mamma Mia as a social media producer. And who are you? I'm Lucy. I work here as a producer. No further um, She produces the entire company. <laughs> so we're going to dive into a whole bunch of topics from relationship to work to family to friends, all that kind of stuff. But I want to talk about the questions that I get most on Instagram. I don't know how this happened, mm-hmm. but I accidentally started giving out advice. Yeah. And then unsolicited yeah, advice. I have no qualifications at all. And I always say that because I'm worried that one day someone's going to come for me and be like, you ruined my life. And I'm like, sorry. But I think you just have to own it. You ruined your own life. Sorry. It's true. I can't tell you what to do. But I see themes come through because I started this series called Let It Out in Lockdown where people let it out, simple as that. And What do you mean by let it out? So just get something off their chest, mm-hmm. something that really shit that's happened, something really good. And they message you these? Yeah, a dilemma, and then I'll answer like probably 20 on a Tuesday night or a Monday night, whatever night Do you it not is. feel like this kind of like feels a bit energy draining? I really like it. I look forward to it every week, but I notice themes come up. Mm-hmm. So there are a few questions that – Obviously, I can't get to all the questions every week, but there are questions that I see every week. And the first one I see a lot is about body image. And of course, before we get into more generic advice about body image, if you are struggling with, you know, eating and just general feelings about your body to a way that's impacting your life, absolutely need to go and see someone Mm -hmm. and sort that out. But a lot of the questions I get were lockdown related, being like, I've gained weight in lockdown. I have no body confidence now that we're out in the world. You know, it's been a difficult year for a lot of people. And it was interesting to see that that was such high priority for so many people. Yeah. Just saying like, I've gained weight, I have no body confidence. So I put together kind of a bunch of tips that have helped me and that hopefully help them as well. So I think it's important before you judge the appearance of your body to remember all the things that your body actually does. Like if you have a healthy functioning body, whatever kind of body you have, if it takes you places you want to go and you can go about your life, you know, you're healthy and you're good, try and focus on the things that your body does before you're like, yeah, but what about my thighs? Yeah. It's like, okay, those thighs walked you all the way to work today. I think it's very easy to get caught up in what you look like in the mirror, but it's just really not that important. And I hate to think that we spend so much of our lives thinking about what we look like and we get to the end and it's like, well, I weighed this much on this day in 2021. It's like, who cares? (laughs) I think another good thing to remember is that we are super conditioned now to one standard of beauty. 
Yeah. So just growing up, media, social media now as well, there is a particular way that if you look that way, it's viewed as beautiful. It's the beauty standard, right? It's very Western. It's very white. Like it's just not realistic for everyone's body. Like if we all ate the same and did the same amount of exercise, it's a genetic thing. You're never going to look the same as someone else. So I think it's good to not compare yourself to other people. But also I feel like, especially living in Australia, that that's all we have. Like we yeah. only have Western society and Western cultures to look up to. So people who are from different backgrounds. I do understand this question that will be so hard yeah. to navigate because they're just seeing these beautiful like white women. But not too white. Tanned. Tanned. Yeah. Black fishing women yeah. who just have like the bodies that are being perpetuated by media and society. And then no matter how much you try, you'll never achieve that body. Yeah. I think as well to remember is that food is more than calories. Like food is fuel and nutrition, especially around the silly season. I hope that you're enjoying food and making memories around food and thinking of it as that because there's a lot of focus on I shouldn't have the burger, I should have the salad. Why? I just am always like, why? Because yes, you need to make healthy choices and yes, nutrition is important, but God, you've just got one life. I've spent a lot of my life considering everything I put in my mouth. And now I'm like, I want to go out to dinner with my friends and just not think about it. And there's a real freedom around just being like, I know that this food that I'm putting in my body is going to fuel me for the rest of the day or Mm -hmm. it's going to help me do what I plan to do tonight. I'm going out with my friends. I need energy. Like try and see food as fuel. Yeah. There's a lot we can say about body image. We could talk about it forever. But I think a good thing to remember is how you think about your friends. So I've never once said, you know what I love about Emily? Her body. You've never said that? That is not why I love you as a friend. <laughs> that would be very weird. That would be very weird. Yeah, like you're your own harshest critic and it's easy to forget that no one is looking at you the way you are. Yeah. And if they are, they suck. Like, get rid of all. them. Yeah. <laughs> Listen to our episode where we say get rid of your friends. Get rid of them. <laughs> but it's like no one is evaluating your body in the way that you think that they are. No. They're just not. And a good practice is to stop commenting on other people's bodies as well because for me, when someone comments on my body, whether it's positive or negative, I'm like, why are you looking at it? Just yeah. like, why are you evaluating it? Because then I'm like, okay, should I be looking at it? Just stop commenting on each other's bodies and think about other qualities of your friends instead and apply that to yourself. Like I like hanging out with you because you're funny and you make me laugh and we have a good time. I'm Thank never you. like, wow, Emily's six-pack look unreal today. I feel really good about that friendship. But sometimes they do look unreal, okay? <laughs> and then it's, it's important do. to acknowledge <laughs> What I really like about this question is that how it was formed around lockdown and I feel like I was able to really relate to it because what I found different about this lockdown, if you're in Sydney compared to our last lockdown, was that TikTok really took off as well as Instagram and Y2K fashion just came back and I'm sorry, but that fashion trend is horrendous. Low-rise jeans. Low-rise jeans, like really low-cut tops, very minimal fabric, which looks so great on particular body shapes. But that is the only kind of trends that I'm seeing. And I just want to let everyone know that I'm not seeing that in real life. No. Like it's purely for the gram. Yeah. I haven't seen any girls out here <laughs> wearing those kind of clothes because I do understand like seeing that all over social media would make you feel super shit about yourself yeah just to wrap it up you literally just survived a pandemic like I know we're still in it go easy on yourself but it's like god you've just really been through it and the last thing we need to be thinking about is what we look like in the mirror and who cares if you gained a bit of weight you are exactly where you need to be right now a lot of people were saying I'm eating comfort food yeah for sure we need comfort (laughs) like we're stuck in our houses and going through a global pandemic I think 
you just really need to give yourself a break. It's Christmas. It's New Year's. Go and enjoy it. Yeah, we're eating, okay? I'm eating. The next question I get a lot, and it applies to us actually, is how to break up a share house or a housemate situation. (laughs) People always think there's beef about how Emily and I split up, and there's not. I really hate to break it to you. I also hate this question because I'm such a private person, especially when it comes to my finances. I know that I've been very responsible and I've tried really, really hard to save, but just talking about financial situations is so hard for me, which I know sounds crazy because we talk about our whole lives on yeah. this. So every time I get that question, do you get that question all the time? All the time. I People- get it all the time and I just ignore it because I'm like, just listen to the podcast. Yeah. I don't want to keep talking about it. Yeah. But this question I usually get is how do I move out with one person in the house? So, you know, two of you are going off together. So there's like a group of five and you yeah, – The two just, of you yeah. want to go off. Or without anyone, just moving out on your own, how do you approach that situation? The most helpful thing you can do is let – the people who are, you know, presumably staying in the house or will need to figure out alternative arrangements, let them know straight away. Mm-hmm. Like, do not sit on this until you've got four weeks left and then they're in the shit. That is what's going to cause tension. I think people are scared that it's going to be really awkward and, you know, there's going to, it's like a breakup, but it doesn't have to be like that if you give them enough notice. I would personally be pretty pissed off if you were like, I'm moving out in two weeks. Good luck finding a new roommate. I know someone who did exactly that and I'm like, how is that person still friends with you? Well, I just think it's going to leave a pretty like sour taste in your mouth if you're like, okay, you really left me in. It's just the most unethical thing you can do to someone because preparing for, say, if they need to find a new housemate, if they need to find a new house, Mm. you need to give them as much time as possible. It's just like the right thing to do. It is the right thing to do and that's what's going to avoid tension. I think as well being helpful throughout the process. If this is a situation where they've got to, you know, Interview is the wrong word. You know, when you like meet new people who want to be your housemate yeah. or through flatmates.com or whatever it might be, help them, like go to those coffees with them and be like, you know, help them do a vibe check almost. Yeah. Be like, is this a good roommate? I don't know. Like try and be as helpful as possible because then when you leave, they're not going to resent you for just leaving them in the lurch, if no, that makes sense. because you want to see them succeed as well. You want to see them come out on top. You don't want to just leave, like what you said, leave them in the lurch. It's just so Annoying. And I know people who've done this. I can't. I also said as my final piece of advice for this one, and we did this. So when Emily told me she was moving out, obviously I was sad. Yeah. And immediately I was like, that's fine. Just go live in your new apartment for six months and then we'll move out again together. And Emily was like, no. <laughs> I'm buying an apartment. And I was like, oh, okay. <laughs> we made the most of the last time that we had together. Mm-hmm. So we did a lot more stuff together than we would usually. So we did more dinners together. We had more movie nights. Like we just did a lot more together than we had previously because we knew that it was time to make some good solid memories in the lead up to, you know, this period of our lives coming to an end. So I would encourage housemate dinners, going out together, helping each other like pack up their stuff. We did that as well. Like just making it a positive experience so that when both of you look back on it, it's not a nightmare roommate story. (laughs) It's like a positive period of your life. Would you have an excuse if you want to move out with someone from a share house? What if the rest are like, why do you want to move out with this one person? I actually think honesty is really important. I think it's really important and it's obviously easier to avoid it, but I think that that's where it gets a little bit tetchy. If I wanted to move out with just one person and I was moving out of a share house of five people, that's when I would say we're looking for something a little bit more quiet. The two of us are just 
on the same wavelength in terms of what we're looking for in a housemate situation. Want to get a smaller place, want to have more chill time. It's easy if you're living a similar lifestyle and there are people in the house who aren't because that makes sense. Mm. But it's not like you have to be like, you're the shittest housemate in the world and I hate living here. That's not going to help anyone. Unless they are the shittest housemate. <laughs> yeah, but even so, I don't think I would say that because remember, <laughs> good memories on the way out. I would just say that we're looking for a change. You're growing up, we're looking for a a smaller, quieter space, or we've got similar interests for moving together. I just think being honest without being brutal. Yeah. Specific, but not rude. (laughs) Mamma Mia subscribers, you've been asking and we've been listening. Now you can get all of your exclusive subscriber audio on Apple Podcasts. That includes everything from bonus episodes of your favourite pods to exclusive segments to all of our audio series. To link your Mamma Mia subscription to Apple Podcasts, open the Mamma Mia Out Loud page in your Apple Podcasts app and follow the prompts or head to help.mamamia.com.au. The last one I want to talk about is, again, one that comes through all the time because I think it's reflecting the demographic of our audience. Mm -hmm. People in their early 20s, mid-20s, kind of trying to figure out what they're doing with their lives. I know I am, girl. Yeah, I've got no idea. Let's just put that out there. But I get a lot, I don't want to finish my uni degree. Like I just am not having a good time. I don't want to do it anymore. Do I need to finish it? And this is one of the situations where you cannot take our advice as Bible because please do not pull out of uni because you listen to us. Do not put (laughs) Our advice over your mental health, please. No. So in my perspective, it's hard for me to totally give like a balanced opinion on this because I didn't go to uni and I've turned out okay. Like I don't feel like I should have gone or anything like that. But I had a lot of friends that went and just went because they thought they should go. Mm -hmm. And I think that's very common. I went to a private school for the early part of my high school and almost everyone went to uni because I think that was just the way things were done. And then it was interesting when I went to a public school for year 11 and 12, not a lot of people went to uni. And I think that gave me the courage to be like, I actually can just go and start pursuing my dreams. What I want to do does not require a degree. So I'm going to go and start doing that. Mm -hmm. But in saying that, if you need a degree, go and do your degree. But if I had started, say, an arts degree and I was two years in and I was like, what the hell? Why have I done this? Yeah, I who just arts degrees. No, they're totally valid, but that's that's they? what I would have done because I was like, well, I guess I'm doing music. Like that's the thing, the degree I was looking into, right? Because I was like, mm, should I do that? And I think if you get two years into a degree and you're like, this is not at all what I want to do, there is a conversation to be had about do I want to acquire the hex debt or whatever debt you are in wherever you live? Do I want to acquire that for something that I just know that is not my passion? could you switch degrees? Like there are lots of conversations here. Can you take any of the subjects that you started and apply them to a new degree? What do you think? I think you should finish your degree. I feel like even if you hate your degree, just do it. Just get it out of the way. It really helps. It helped me for sure getting a job. I personally hated my degree. I hated it what so did you much. Study? I studied urban planning and geography and I was really good at it. Yeah. And I, I think it got to, I think, the second year where they do those career expos. Yeah. And then that was the first time when I realised that I do not want a career out of this degree at all. But I finished it and I don't regret it. I also feel like it depends who asked the question, but it's completely different for people who, say, are first-generation immigrants mm-hmm. where their whole family probably relies on them getting a degree. They put 
so much time, money and work to get their child firstly to this country. Mm-hmm. And I think that people who are in that situation have a lot more to consider because they have a lot more at stake. Totally. I also think that it's – if you are like one year away from finishing, I think you should finish because it actually shows – later down the track. Because Emily, you did a, an urban planning degree and then you've come to Mamma Mia to work yeah. in socials. But if I was an employer, I'm like, she is resilient. She can start and finish a task. She, you know, put all this work in to get a degree. Like that shows that you are hardworking. So I don't think you should see it as a waste. It's absolutely never a waste. I just think that, of course, if it's not filling your cup and your mental health is suffering, that's another conversation. But there is options. You're not stuck into anything. I think you should just take a breather, maybe talk to a careers advisor or someone at your uni or just trusted family and friends. Even a therapist. Yeah. Just figure out what you want and make sure you're doing what's best for you. Emily. What? I've just told you all my most frequently asked questions, my FAQs. Yeah. Do you have any? Yes, I have one. Like, firstly, I don't get asked any questions at all. No one really cares. But (laughs) I I do get one question that comes up quite a bit, mainly from women of colour. Yeah. Or parents who have daughters who are women of colour. Okay. And it's how to navigate dating in your 20s when that intersects race and culture and also when you're coming from a really strict upbringing. Mm -hmm. So obviously Lucy and I talk a lot about dating frequently, kind of being single in the city, enjoying your 20s, but that's not really the case for a lot of people. A lot of people are still living at home and a lot of them will live at home until they probably get engaged or married because that's just what their culture is like. And it can be hard. I know so many women who are in this kind of phase where they want to go out, they want to celebrate with friends, they want to meet people, they want to go on dates. And I really, really feel for you because it's so hard to navigate that cultural boundary when you're living in such a Western society that kind of allows you to do all of these things, but your culture or your heritage holds you back. What advice would you have for, you know, women who are up against this situation? I would think just really sit down with, if it's your parents or your grandparents, and really talk to them. Also, what I found helpful, I want to say that I didn't come from a strict upbringing. Both my parents are Catholic and my dad's Anglo-Indian, which means that they were also westernised before they came to Australia. So assimilation was very easy for them in that sense. But I would really sit with your parents and really talk to them about what you want to do, why you want to do it. I also find that bringing in trusted friends who they also know and trust and just having that external person as someone that can vouch for you, it really, really helps and it really shows them that what you want to do is important Mm. and that you're not going against them and you still love them. But Also, sometimes in those situations where it becomes a bit unhealthy, it is hard, but you just need to pull yourself out. I did have a friend who was in a long-term relationship, a five-year relationship, and she hadn't told her parents for cultural reasons. And that was starting to affect their relationship because she couldn't be fully honest with them. Do you think in that situation a conversation is needed? I think a conversation is needed, but you also have to do what's best for you. So sometimes it takes moving out. Yeah trying to figure your own life out as a solo person. I think when you're living with your parents and then you also get into a relationship straight after that just to leave that environment, which a lot of women do, you don't really experience yourself as an individual, which is so necessary in your 20s. I 
normally get this question from girls who are in their teens. Okay. So I would just say hold out to your 20s because I did and that's when I really figured myself out and that's when I really understood what I valued as a person. Okay, it's dating diary time and sticking to the theme of advice, we actually got a question, a dating diary question in from one of our listeners. So we need your advice. You specifically, Lucy. Me? Yeah, not me. I have trouble separating my feelings when I have one night stands or have friends with benefits. I want to be able to have casual sexual relationships as I love being single but get horny and I don't think the people I'm sleeping with are the love of my life. But as soon as sex enters the equation, I start getting the feels. What do I do? Oh, this is so interesting. I want to say that this is not my question. But I'm interested to know your advice. <laughs> it's asking for a friend. Asking for a friend. This is actually comes through pretty often as well. Friends with benefits or casual sex. It's difficult to navigate because when you're being that intimate with someone, I don't think it's realistic to say you will not develop feelings for someone. It's literally the most vulnerable you've ever been. But I also hate the narrative of no strings attached and that kind of thing because I'm just like, that's not realistic and it's not helpful to tell women you should be able to have unattached, no feelings involved sex and walk away like a boss. Like that's just not realistic for a lot of us, right? But the way I see it is I want there to be feelings involved when someone is going to be intimate with me and you're, as you said, most vulnerable. I'm naked. We're doing some positions that I wouldn't usually do on, you know, in public. I want not usually not usually yeah I want someone to care about me and I want to care about them I don't think it needs to be the love of your life but I think of all the successful one night stands that I've had the common denominator is that we cared about each other on some level and all the shit one night stands I've had that honestly I kind of like bad memories like I don't feel good about them is because it was a for lack of a better and classier term a root and boot I was just like I know why I'm here. I'm here so we can have sex and then I'm going to leave and we're never going to talk again and I'm going to feel really empty after this. I think that that narrative sucks and as I had more and more one-night stands, I was like, I'm not doing that anymore. Yeah. You can take me to a drink. We can have dinner. We can watch a movie. Like the best one-night stand I've ever had, the person came over and we watched movies for like four hours before we even kissed and he was here for one night. We both knew that we were going to have sex, you know, provided that we both wanted to. That was the plan. Mm -hmm. Like... There was no denying that we weren't going to date and be in a relationship. But it was just nice because the minute he got there, I didn't feel like the clock was ticking and he was like, take your pants off. It was just like, let's watch movies. Let's talk. I don't know anything about you. Tell me about yourself. I've learned about his family and friends and we watched movies and had a good time. And then we had really good sex. And then afterwards, we had a drink. And in the morning, he got me a coffee, made my bed, kissed me on the head, never saw him again. I don't think friends with benefits works, honestly speaking. And I've been dating for six years, so I know I'm right. Yeah. I agree. I think the best kind of casual encounters happen for one night only and you never see them again. I feel like when you try to have only a casual encounter with the same person over and over again, one of you is going to get hurt and one of you is always compromising. And you are going to try and recreate that magic that you had. Because as I said, the best one night stand, Emily knows, because I did fall really head over heels for this person that I had this one night stand with because we kept talking afterwards. Yeah, don't do that. And I was like, that was so good. Surely we're going to fall in love. It's only a matter of time. No, we didn't. And then that's when I ended up being sad is when I was like, I want this to be more. Mm. Like, let's pursue more because I want more of that goodness. No, just like it is what it is, especially with friends with benefits. If you have outlined to each other, 
this is what this is for me, especially if someone's like, I do not want a relationship. You can't turn around after a few, you know, encounters and be like, well, we treat each other really well. Why don't you want to date me? It's not fair for the other person. It's not fair. And it's also not what you guys agreed to. So if you're going into a friends with benefits, knowing you want more, don't do it. Don't do it. One night stand only, delete the number. You're done. That's all we have time for in this Christmas special of the Undone. Merry Christmas. Everyone. That's so nice. Thank you. We're going to be back next week with another holiday episode and it's all about Emily's unpopular opinions. It's going to get rowdy. (laughs) Because as you know, she has some. I have a lot of unpopular opinions, but in this next episode, I'm going to be reading some of our listeners' unpopular opinions. Interesting. So you can't get mad at me. No. Not mine. Never. You can find us on Instagram at Lucy M. Neville or at Emily Vernon or the Undone Podcast. Put us in the group chat. Tell us your Christmas horror story. Yeah, if you have a Christmas dating diary, we'd love to hear it. We have an anonymous confessions form in the link in our show notes. So if something does happen on Christmas or New Year's, you've got a dating diary, make sure you send it. While it's happening, start typing it into our confessions <laughs> yeah. form. We want all the details. This episode of The Undone was produced by Emmeline Peterson. Bye. See ya.